RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. What's going on, world? How are you? How's how you doing, world? My name is Tara Devlin, and thank you for hanging out. This is unapologetic liberal talk on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy, humanity, and everybody who is a decent person. We're on the right side of of it all, really. Um, so let's see. Um, uh, blah blah blah. I was a little bit. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm on YouTube to tell you the truth because earlier today, actually, when I woke up this morning, I didn't even have my glasses on. I was looking at my um, f- my phone, <laughs> and everything was so blurry. But as it came into focus, I, that sinking feeling in my stomach came back because I was like, "Oh, great, YouTube." just uh dumped my channel again and this is what they they did this before they've done this a couple of times i was the channel was taken off uh, i'm i'm honestly surprised that they reversed it this quickly so it was down for a few hours today maybe seven eight hours um i usually it takes days for them to get back to the to, to you in regard to the appeal, whether they, um, whether they agree or they upheld uphold their bullshit, I I received a, an email this morning saying that my channel was taken down because it was in violation of community standards regarding the election. This is what it said. Um, specifically, usually one of the f- most frustrating things about dealing with these giant social media companies is that you never can talk to anybody. And when they, um, and when they decree something upon you, there's, there's really nothing you can do about it. There's no human being. You can't talk to people. You usually get a laundry list of possibilities of what it might be why possibly they they took your channel down it's it's so broad um it's you can't even tell what's what what the problem is or how to rectify it they do this all the time uh every let me just tell you this is what i deal with with youtube because every every video that we post here that, that that we do every show they uh, automatically it becomes uh, unmonetized or demonetized. It says that it's it, it is automatically in violation of community standards. It's very annoying, and then you have to submit a, a you ask them to manually review the video, and sometimes they they say, "Oh, we're upholding our." restriction and other times they're like oh good news your your video is free to be you know for for all advertising or whatever but you don't know why why some videos are acceptable some others are not it's it's random and to receive a message from youtube to say that i am in violation of community standards because um, we're spreading misinformation about the election. This is what they they said. So, what? 
Now, I know what happened, the, which is probably a good thing. It shows that we're annoying right-wingers. They reported the channel. This is what they do. Um, they probably reported it under, uh, you know, in on mass, and then it triggers the algorithm or whatever. But um, because we're 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 not denying Joe Biden was legally elected. In fact, we're we're the voices of reason out here, trying to cut through the bullshit, and this is what we're up against. The the power of corporations. There's really nothing we can do. I, I'm I'm at the mercy of all of these corporate media um, giants, of course. So, and any day they could. I mean, it does concern me a little bit because I think what uh, it's, you know, um, it would really suck to spend your life building up a community only to have YouTube pull the plug on it. Um, for no reason. Um, we're not spreading misinformation. We're correcting the misinformation. We're not spreading lies about the election. We're correcting the lies about the election. But even still, we're I mean, we're under attack constantly. From it's and it's not just from obviously it's not YouTube. It's the right-wingers themselves. And this is why I thought about what am I going to talk about tonight and what what's on my mind? It's What's been on my mind is what's been on my mind for a long time. Is this country salvageable? Or is it done? I mean, you know how I feel. Uh, I do go back and forth about it. Um, but... I get. I. I guess I should have. Um, I should have Jeff on the show more often because <laughs> I need. I need to be constantly reassured. But I. I'm really not feeling like we're we're gonna make it. As well, you know, the country will always exist. There will there will always be this patch of land, whether we are a democratic republic or not. That's up for debate, and it's it's greed. Ultimately, the United States will be murdered because of greed and selfishness. I, I when you think about, which is probably the same thing. Hold on, I'm getting a little distracted because I I'm supposed to I have to respond to this text. Give me one second. I know this is this is the way it is. On um, what do you call it? You know, on Terrorbuster. Oh fuck it. Okay. You got to become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin so I can get some help up in this bitch for this bitch. So, okay. Um, so I started thinking, is the country salvageable? I've been saying, not started, I've been saying this for a while. And I wonder. So maybe we can all have this discussion. I don't know how you feel about it. I'm not trying to be like a Debbie friggin' downer up in this bitch either. Wait, what's this now? Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. There we go. There we go. Here we go. Let me shut this down. Bing, bing. There we go. All right. Lower that. But, um, okay, so I I wonder, though. I, I, I wonder how you feel about it. I'm not trying to be somebody. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm not pessimistic in general. I'm, well, I, I'm a little bit. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm a kind of a half 
glass, a glass half empty kind of gal. So I've always been that way. It's not, I have to work at um, having a positive attitude. It's really a, you know, it's, I work on it uh, proactively. But I don't think I'm being alarmist here. I think we're really in big, big friggin' trouble. And um, we have to meet the moment with uh, the sense of urgency that it requires. Otherwise, I think we're, um, we're, we're sh not only shooting ourselves in the foot, but we will be, we will guarantee the, the, uh, the death of democracy if we don't, um, address the problems with our eyes wide open. I don't think we're doing that. So, and we're, we'll talk about it. Let, let's just start the, start off by reading this p um, particular article that I wanted to talk about just to get us jumping into the conversation. Hold on. And it was posted on Facebook. This article was posted by Susan Schaefer, who is a supporter of Tara Buster, a friend of me and the community. And um, yeah, somebody who I highly respect or respect her opinion. And you know, it's not, she's not kidding around. She's been, <laughs> she's been um, at the barricades a long time working to make this, this country and the world a better place ultimately. And she posted this article written by Guy Saperstein and it's titled Why I'm Leaving America from Shearpost.com. That's S-C-H-E-E-R-P-O-S-T.com. After six decades Fighting for social justice and enjoying the embodiment of the American dream, this couple are moving on from a lost nation. This kind of breaks my heart. Okay, so by Guy Saperstein. My wife and I have spent 60 years fighting for social justice in America and trying to be good citizens. Me, as a civil rights lawyer who litigated and won the largest race age, and disability employment discrimination cases in American history. And my wife as a teacher, a social worker, healthcare activist, and philanthropist. We'll be right back. My name is Tara Devlin. Stay tuned for the rest of the hour. All right, hold on. And my wife as a, as a teacher, social worker, healthcare activist, and philanthropist. I retired at age 51. That's nice. Having built an enormously lucrative practice, never losing a case, as I pursued legal restitution on behalf of clients who had gotten the short end of the stick. I was the very embodiment of the American dream. But over the decades, I've become convinced that America is in a terminal decline and that the battle for justice and equity is hopeless. The reasons are multitude. America once led the world in innovation. No more. We don't even have one mile of high-speed rail. Not one mile. Unless you count Disneyland. China has 30,000 miles of high-speed rail and counting. 
Which country do you think is prepared to prosper in the next century? Now, and I love, this is me talking, not the article, but the um, Republicans are constantly, you know how they, they try, they're, I don't know what, why, they trying, they're trying to label Joe Biden as China Joe. I don't get this whole China uh, Joe bullshit. Oh, he's a, he's, um, he's a puppet of China. Uh, who's the fucking bunch of assholes that got uh, patents in China? Who's who? Who? I don't know. Could it be the unelected uh, basic B? I, I, I'm trying to limit my cursing, especially after being kicked off of YouTube for eight hours. But <sighs> okay. So as what, what I'm saying is that if the Republicans are constantly saying how um, we're sold out, Joe Biden's selling out to China. You know who's selling out to China? They are. In keeping with everything, meaning um, the Republicans projecting their sicknesses on everyone else, accusing their opponents of the very thing for which they are guilty— this, this is what Republicans do. So when they're talking about China, Joe, they're, they're deflecting from the fact that they're, they, that China has them in, its, in China's pocket. They have the Republican Party doing the job of China and Putin and Duterte and Erdogan and all the world's autocrats who are feeling pretty goddamn pleased with themselves uh, of late for their successes in destroying constitutionally limited democratic republic. They, they're, they couldn't believe how, how successful they would be. All they had to do was get their Manchurian candidate. Trump, of course. They all, who could have imagined I, I don't know, you know, I guess um, after, you know, like after September 11th, they were saying, oh, it was a failure of imagination, which was bullshit anyway. Saying, no one imagined using planes as weapons, this failure of imagination. Did we, uh, maybe I had a failure of imagination thinking that, um, the, that, that the American people wouldn't allow a con man to be the president. I mean, maybe that was my failure of imagination. As much as I know that the the American people are dumb, dumb as a box of goddamn marbles, they're. I mean, we can count on the stupidity of the of them, of course. But you know, I never imagined that they could be this dumb. This stupid and self-loathing. Of course they are, though. What am I talking about? We're the country. We're the, the stupidest country. The this, this same country. You know, we pay the most for health care, but get the, less, the, the worst outcomes. This is how stupid we are. And when anybody tries to improve that statistic, we go and, not us, because we're not morons, but the... Um, the percentage of a percentage of us, the morons who populate the Republican Party, what do they do? They go fanning out into um, 
you know, uh, whatever the latest meeting it's to disrupt meeting, disrupt your, your, uh, you know, your town hall. This is what they do. They don't, they never bring anything to the table. They just bring chaos until they destroy it all. But the chaos will never end. Even when they're finished putting the, the, uh, the knife in democracy, they're, the chaos will never end because that's how fascism um, works. There, you have to have an enemy. There's, it will, it's never enough. You will, the, I mean, there, there will be millions dead by the time they're done. This is how it is. That's how, that's how fascism always ends up. But, okay, well, let's just keep um, reading the article. But my, the point is, I just wanted to say, who, am I alone there? Did, this is probably what makes me um, more depressed in general about the, the, the future of the country is the fact that I, I cannot believe how stupid we are to allow a stupid, horrible person to squat in the White House despite receiving fewer votes. It's like the whole system is broken. It is. It's broken. And some people, very few people, a handful, are benefiting from that system, and they're not letting go. They don't give a shit if millions needlessly die without health care or pick, pick a poison. They don't care. They, they got theirs. They, they're fine. You know? Because that's all that matters. Rugged individualism, right? Self, oh, well, this is uh, altruism. Uh, according to Ayn Rand, altruism is evil. And um, the, the, the best thing people can do is be as selfish as possible. And therefore, um, everything will be great. If we're all running on, what do they call it? Enlightened self-interest? There's nothing enlightened about it. It's just another attempt to um, not just fix the facts around the policy, but to give their, their sociopathy and their, their malignant, the, the malignancy that is republicanism, to give it the veneer of something... Uh, that has more of a, an altruistic bend to it because they know that, that, it, that they're wrong, that they're immoral and selfish, and nobody likes selfishness. They know that, that human beings are not created to be selfish. That's why we have um, a, even though we are, of course, but that's because we're not very evolved either. And we're fear-based, but you know we—it's uh, the anyway. Whatever. Let me just continue this. Um, America once led the world in innovation. No more. We don't even have one mile of high-speed rail. I mean, this, doesn't this break your heart? We can't even keep our roads repaired. America's roads are a mess. Many as bad as in the so-called third world. In fact, that's where, uh, that's what America is becoming, a third world country. I'll be right back. 
and I, I just had a flashback because I was remembering I had a friend one day, one time I had a friend once and on Facebook, some asshole. And I remember saying something about this was during George W. Bush. And I said America, that the Republicans are turning the United States into a third world country. That's their remedy uh, for com- for competing. See, they they worked very hard to destroy the American, the very uppity American middle class. It was too uppity for them. They needed working people, nice and and uh, beaten down, nice and malleable. So they easily exploitable. So the Republican Party. Um, this this is what that that's the organizing principle around conservatism it's to make the rich richer and make the working class the more malleable working poor and um this you know they've been very successful at that and this country right now is uh you know with this is the crisis that we're up against we know the problem is inequality, upward immobility, income disparity. And this is the heartbreaking thing is that the founding ideals of the country are so, um, uh, are the opposite of that. E pluribus unum. What if, I, to think about it, okay, put it on the shelf that there are a bunch of hypocrites and racists. Of course, we know that. That's, that's besides the point. But these are the the same hypocrites and racists still left us with um, a pretty enlightened blueprint to for a functioning civilization that works for all. I mean, the fact is, the United. You want to talk about the 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 United States as an exceptional nation? Okay, um, that always bothers me because it's 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 infantile, really, to be like we're the best when we're we're not you know but we have if you want to talk about exceptionalism what makes us exceptional is that we are a nation of immigrants that that's unlike and of every other country so we don't share um you know a a bond in blood we share humanity that's what connects us Humanity, um, our you know dreams, ambitions, the the understanding that every human being has value. I mean, that's what I hear when I when I when I read E Pluribus Unum. Out of many, one. That's what pledging your life, fortune, and sacred honor to each other means. That it's nowhere in there is I got mine, Jack. Sucks to be you. Nowhere in there is we we're we are organizing this government so we can make a few people very rich. No, it says right in our founding documents that we're promoting the general welfare. I'm so tired of these selfish pricks everywhere running around. And this is why we cannot have nice things. It, it, it is. They're trying, I mean, they're very cute, these Republicans, trying to pretend how patriotic they are while they're destroying 
the country, the government that so many died to, to entrust to us. And the denial, the inability to, uh, to even work together. And it's not, you know, the Republicans, the definition of compromise in the Republican parlance is that Republicans get everything they want. That's what they consider compromise, that you give me everything I want, even if, and you know, this is a guarantee, even if it hurts people, that's it. It hurts the many and, and enriches the few. Uh, that's the Republican, that, that's their agenda in a nutshell. <sighs> Oops, shit, almost fell. I almost fell over my own my own two feet. I'm not even moving, and I almost fell over. Almost tripped over my own. Have that, has that ever happened to you? You almost tripped over your own two feet when you're standing and not moving. Okay, um, let's continue with this article because it really hit home for me. Again, I'm reading an article posted on Facebook by from Susan Schaefer, a woman after my own heart. And um, it's by Guy Saperstein, and, and it's titled, Why I'm Leaving America. So, okay, we can't even keep our roads repaired. America's roads are a mess, many as bad in, as in the third world. And, in fact, that is what America's becoming, a third world country. And that's the Republican remedy for competition. Instead of, see, they, they destroyed the American working class. They worked years at it. They got Reagan in there, and he started unraveling the New Deal and funneling money into the arms of the rich, turning the land of the free into the United States of serfs and lords. And they, they worked hard to get that, that scumbag elected. And even though, I mean, he had to commit treason to do it. This is what Republicans do. Treason is just another election strategy to them. And uh, you're like, treason? What did he do? He <laughs> negotiated behind the back of the sitting president with an enemy that was holding American citizens hostage. And he said, please, well, probably didn't say please. He said, Hold those American citizens hostage longer because it's good for me, my campaign. Never mind the trauma of my fellow Americans who are in captivity. But keep them. That's the way Republicans roll. It's a collateral damage. You're, you're, you're collateral damage, not them. They're the kings of the hill. You're, you're expendable. And... Just keep those hostages, and when I get in office, I'm gonna get, I'll give you everything you want. And that's what he did. I'll give you weapons, I'll, uh, and that's what they did. When, as soon as he's, the, he put his hand on the Bible, I'm surprised he didn't psh, recoil from the, psh, from the flame, like a flame, but, um, as soon as he put his hand on the Bible, all of a sudden, in Iran, the hostages were being released. That's not a coincidence. And we know, we, we know, uh, it's not speculation. This is, it's the, 
It's been confirmed and it's public record. And why? Why don't people know this? That's the other thing. The American people in general don't seem to know. Clearly, they don't know their history. This is another thing that it drives me insane about this. I mean, it's just so embarrassing. It is to be to be American. I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way? I'm embarrassed. I, I, I could just roll my eyes when I'm like, oh, my God. When I put myself in the shoes of, of people from other countries looking at this madness. And I'm like, what the F? So, okay, well, let's... And what was I trying to say? Oh, yeah, so they're the Republican remedy for... Um, innovation or or for for the middle class to make the middle class competitive again right is not to raise wages or to ensure that the working class gets a fair share of the profits that their labor makes possible in the first place it's not that it's to turn america into a third world country that's how you compete with the low-wage wage slaves in the countries that NAFTA uh, allows the titans of industry to uh, outsource to. So they don't want to... The argument, I don't know if you remember, at the time, the argument, pro-NAFTA argument, was that it was going to raise the standard of living of um, everyone in the world, that... It wasn't going to affect the standard of living here in the United States of serfs and lords, but it would um, it would elevate the standard of living f- of workers all around the globe, and that is absolute bullshit. We know this. We knew it at the time. And this is why I'm so sick of them in general. I'm tired of um, the the constant promises and warnings that never come to fruition no matter what it's we got to be afraid of this because of that or this better happen because if not that's gonna happen and it never happens none of their warnings none none of their promises ever materialize so But this is what they're doing, and they've been successful at that, turning the United States into a third world nation, into a developing nation, I should say. Right back. That's what they're, that's their remedy. Instead of um, taxing the rich or, and regulating corporations to ensure that workers get a living wage, no, no, that's not that's not what they do. They just they want to beat you down. So when you get, you want to compete with with a, a company dorm people who, I mean, the a Chinese worker who what do they earn like fifteen dollars a month? You want to compete with that? That's well, we're gonna have to drag this country down to that level they're not lifting them lifting the uh wage slaves out of poverty all over the world that's not that never happens this is not happening 
because the the rich run and own everything and especially the message so they've spread out i mean they they could only get away with it because they own the message and hence this is why we're we're uh, up against the ropes right now it is because we're uh, awash with lies with fascist freaking filthy fascist lies for since reagan really that back since the time of reagan where we could trace all of the decline of the american working class we could trace it right to his doorstep but he he's he was enacting twitler's agenda it's the same friggin thing it's the same except when twitler got in office despite receiving fewer votes he put the whole plan plot against democracy on uh, uh, really uh, he put that he kicked it into gear just happened a lot quicker (sighs) all right the battle is lost america is in a terminal decline and nearly 75 million americans seem to be willing to pull it down even further and this is where but the where i it really broke my heart reading this how it, how can it be that so many millions okay and this is what we talk about and i ask and i scream into the wind how can it be that so many millions voted for a man who has failed in everything he tried a man who started more than a score of businesses and every single one of them failed everyone who cheated repeatedly on three wives on everything else he's done he's cheated before each marriage failed who is despised by members of his own family which speaks volumes why am i blurry it's better that way we know um all you got to do is look at that trump family to see how um just how unfit unfit they are all of them they're all unfit they're moral monsters but everybody in that family they're 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 greedy they're selfish they're sick they're whiny they're liars they hate america they will they're in the process of destroying america um they're horrible people horrible horrible and i'm saying people um i'm just uh trying to be nice by calling them people they're not but they're they're they give people a bad name But all of them, so we're going to dishonor the sacrifice of millions, countless people, nameless human beings who, who lost their lives fighting for this, for the, for a country that promotes the general welfare. They're going to, they're going to nullify that sacrifice. They, well, they're going to spit in the, in the face of everyone, whoever 
lost their life for this country. This is what they're doing. How can it be that so many millions voted for a man who failed at everything, who is despised by members, by even members of his own family? What does that say? The people who know you the most hate you the most. The people who get to know you is to hate you. That's Trump. Everybody hates that effing prick. Everybody, including his son, who just wants daddy to love him. It's not going to happen. Grifter, you, you, you freaking tormented grifter. And that's what I see when I look at Donald Trump Jr. I know he's not that smart. He's like Megan McCain. I mean, they all suck. And that, but they have platforms, and these are the people who are shaping government policy? Get the F out of here. Okay. Despised by your own family. What does that say? You can't even make your family, the people who are genetically wired to love you, and they hate your guts. Because, yeah, it's like you hate parasites. People don't, you don't like parasites. We have a visceral reaction, a rev, a rev, revulsion to parasites, and that's what he is. There is no bigger parasite that ever walked the planet than, than that, that con man and his enablers. So, the, um, Guy Saperstein continues, who failed at everything, whose members of his own family hate him, who went out of his way nearly every day to show that he is racist and sexist. A man who has been caught, according to the Washington Post, in more than, wait for it, 30,000 lies in the four years he was president. Over 30,000 lies. That was, that's because every time he opened his mouth, there were uh, halitosis, flies, and lies flying out. Ugh. Poor Stormy Daniels. Oh, my God. That poor woman. Jesus. Let's see. Um who cheated at almost everything, including golf. Cheated at golf. How is that, how is it that such a man is held up as a paragon of virtue by nearly half the electorate? Something has gone seriously off the rails. I can no longer bear the chest-thumping triumphalism of the know-nothing party. I can't stand the self-congratulatory promotion of the hoary notion of American exceptionalism. People who think America is the greatest in all things are people who simply have never been anywhere else. America is not now and never has been a representative democracy, and it won't be in my lifetime and probably not in yours either. Biden won by 7.3 million votes. A smashing win, right? 
But if just 43,000 yokels, um, well, votes, in a few states had switched, that effing con man would be the president. And, of course, not for lack of trying. He's still trying. Today in California, and this was written a couple weeks ago, Governor Gavin Newsom could have received 49% of the vote in the recall and have lost to some Republican hack who received 18%. Can you believe this broken-ass system? What do we expect? And because each state has two senators, 18% of the electorate elects 51% of the senators, which is bullshit. Again, absolute bullshit. That's not what this country is supposed to be. You know, Republicans like to say, oh, well, the, the founders were geniuses, like Jesus and and Moses from Mount Sinai came down with the tablets and the Constitution. This is what they, they teach. And the, you know, they think that the, uh, you know, the founders were um, divinely inspired. And if that's the case, then why, what is it with uh, the losers getting to occupy seats of power despite receiving fewer votes? The fact is, you know where this country would be? You know how further along we would be? We would not be the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap. We wouldn't have the worst health care on earth. We wouldn't. We would, ha- we would have a functioning civilization because that's what the majority wants. And the minority, a small handful of very rich and powerful people, they understand that. So they have to put on the, the charade that everything is, they're, they're doing everything for the betterment of us as they concentrate wealth and power further and further to the point where we we won't be a, we're not able to do anything about it we're not able to catch up or to keep them in check as far as they're concerned who the f are we to tell them what to do they're the ones you see they're the ones that made the bookstore online you know so they get to tell us what to do they're the ones they went to the they they went to space right So that's the way, in their mind, that's the way it should be. This whole um, promoting the general welfare, uh, promote, what is it, uh, pledge your life fortune and sacred honor to each other, oh, that's that's very nice and sweet, isn't it? But when a rubber meets the road in life, you know, what really matters is... um, how much how much you got jack how many you got yours so what you're stepping over people who uh have to work three jobs just to i don't even not, not even make anywhere near what you would make in a million lifetimes my god who can oh, so what 
so what millions i mean that how many people um have needlessly died without health care it never stops and then the and from e pluribus unum from pledging our lives fortunes and sacred honor to each other to to this to selfishness and greed it doesn't it doesn't compute we have pledge your life fortune and sacred honor to each other and i got mine how are the no wonder no f and wonder you know what I mean? This is why we're we're a bunch of lunatics here. We all have PTSD. I know I have it. Not just from my childhood. <sighs> I have it from being an American. I, I believe that everyone in this country is suffering a form of PTSD. I do. Um, and just look at the behavior. We, like, for example, I was watching the um, local news here before the show and what did I just see there was a, a local news story about someone because we have a, a vaccine mandate here in New York City and uh, you can't go to you can't go to the store you can't go in shopping or whatever the hell you have to be vaccinated and you have to have proof and if whatever you have to wear a mask who cares i'm so sick of these whiners uh anyway apple store security guard was stabbed today over a face mask dispute because this is what republicans do because they don't give a shit while ted cruz is up there and and marjorie taylor green and lauren bobert and all those assholes are up there and tucker carlson telling people that masks are uh, the next step to a communist takeover or and vaccines are poison even though um you know asks everybody who never got polio god i hate them so much but this is why we can't have nice things apple store security guard stabbed over a face mask dispute and you could trace that another violent episode traced right to the doorstep of the Republican Party. And nobody's going to stop them because we're, um, the, what will the corporate media do? Well, nothing. Uh, and worse than nothing, they'll, they'll, uh, they're not going to call it out. They're not going to educate the American people and not, so so we're not in the embarrassment of the Western world. But, yeah, a dispute over wearing a face mask led to a stabbing at, of an Apple Store security guard on Friday. Oh, I thought this was today, Friday. The suspect remains at large. Officers responded to the West 14th Street location of... The apples or whatever, who cares? The victim, a 37-year-old male whose identity was not publicly disclosed, did not suffer life-threatening wounds and was sent to treatment at Bellevue Hospital. A witness said he saw the victim, <clears throat> excuse me, and the police responding, telling CNN that I saw him when they took him out on a stretcher. Two paramedics followed about five or six policemen, but I did see cops running and running to the back. 
according to the witness, the suspect was last seen entering a sub subway station. Who cares? Whatever. And no weapon was left behind. But this, the point is, this is the country that Republicans have created for us. This is what they do. They pass these laws. They spew their bullshit. You know? They, they spread their lies. They spread their poison. And we all have to live in the the community that they have built for us an armed goddamn madhouse awash with a bunch of m morons it's not like they're um you know they're they're they're, they're actual freedom fighters cuz i you know i mean cuz i was thinking if if this was real i mean, we would be with them if this was uh, an actual uh, road to tyranny or and this was poison and bill gates was actually trying to track them or uh, you know if all of the shit the bullshit they talk if they, if it was real we would be with them we would be opposing this of course we would we're not morons and they're like wake up your sheep wake up wake up this and without a hint of irony a trump and z telling telling normal people that they have to wait that they have to wake up it's fascinating well you first you tr you first mass calls okay to finish up this article by Guy Saperstein, why I'm leaving America. Okay. Biden won by 7.3 million votes, a smashing win, right? But if just 43,000 votes the had switched, Donald Trump would be president. Yes. Okay. And he's, he's making the point that we have a system where the person who receives fewer votes for some reason gets to be the one who wins. It makes no sense. But, of course, the American people, we're so goddamn overworked and just exhausted, many of us. That's, and that's part, part of the um, full court press against the, uh, the American worker. They keep you working those three uniquely American low-paying jobs, so you don't have the time to pay attention and, you know, make election day. It's not a holiday, right? So maybe you won't be able to get off work. You certainly won't be able to wait in line for friggin' eight hours. That, that's the waiting in line for eight hours. First of all, rich people don't wait in line. When would anybody um, in the 1% wait in line for, um, for anything, much less to vote? You know what I mean? But the American people, because we've been conditioned and we know our place, we uh, a sense of learned helplessness has sunk in at this point. And I guess we just go through the motions. We go through the motions of democracy and we really don't. Uh, we, I guess we expect the corruption and we don't. And that's what Republicans want. And this, this is the whole 
it's all part of the plot. You know, that's why the nine most terrifying words in the English language, I'm from the government, I'm here to help. It's all started, you know, from there. Just the constant poisoning of the American consciousness in regard to democracy itself. What is democracy? What is America? You know what I mean? The, you could ask these questions. You won't get a common answer from whether you're talking to a normal person or a Trump and Z. What will, what, what will they say? What, what is it about America, Trump and Z's, that you love? I love freedom. That's what they'll say. And they think that freedom means that they could just scream in your face without wearing a mask. They could stab you when you tell them to wear a mask at the, if you want to come into our establishment. So uh, the article continues, Gavin Newsom could have received 49% of the vote and the Republican trickster 18% and the Republican would have won. And because each state has two senators, 18% of the electorate elects 51% of senators. <laughs> Explain that to, <laughs> I can't pronounce this word, Cleasthenes. How do you pronounce that guy's name? You know, the father of, of Athenian democracy. You know who I'm talking about. We now have an active right-wing attack on voting itself, much of it racially motivated, but imperiling us all. And then, alas, we have the filibuster, which has almost made America ungovernable. Absolutely. That's the perfect word. That's why the filibuster needs to be removed, because it's made America absolutely ungovernable. Am I pronouncing that right? Ungovernable. I can't. You know what I'm saying. I want out. I'm tired of waking up to some crackpot ranting that COVID is a hoax or vaccines don't work or masks are an assault on freedom or that the 2020 election was stolen and Joe Biden is not really president or that January 6th was just a peaceful gathering of fun-loving tourists. While Trump has been diminished... We're all surrounded by his supporters, Americans who voted for one of the most despicable men who ever strut upon the American stage. And I'll, I'll just say it's not just the American stage, it's Earth. The most despicable, ugly, on, uh, all the way to the bone asshole who ever got anywhere near power. Oh my God. That's your. That's who you vote for. I. I got to get out too. This is crazy. <sighs> the most despicable man. Most of his supporters continue to believe, with no evidence, that he won. And trust me, guys. This is me, not the article. Just today, what I was thinking and I was watching the because Trump is doing another another rally tonight, and. The Republican, uh, it's, it's, I was watching some of the videos on Twitter of um, the giant flags and the Republican asshole. Just, I'm like, and um, 
they're they're talking about Trump. Wow, the one was holding a flag, a giant flag. I I know. What's with this giant overcompensating? But okay. Um, and he was waving an, um, one of the flags. Was said Trump won. And I thought they're not giving up. <laughs> It's not going to end. It was quite a relief the day that Joe Biden's win was affirmed. I remember it well. It was um, the the sense of relief that came over me, and also I it was memorable because I when I found out, um, I remember I heard I found I heard the sounds of celebration before I realized what was going on. And there were people, I live in Queens, New York, people were beeping their horns, people came out onto their porches and were applauding. It was like we were liberated from a, uh, from a dictator. That's what it was. And the, the people were literally stopping in their cars, dancing, getting out of the cars, beeping their horns, beep, beep, high-fiving each other. We were celebrating like we were free. That's what freedom is. Getting away from this this filthy, disgusting, less vote getting con man. But they're not going away. They're not giving up. They will not be convinced. They will never be talked off the ledge. They'll never be talked down that they are that they lost. They will never understand it. Okay? They, they've done studies. Now I talk about secession. I tell them to secede. I wish they would. In fact, more, I think it's their, they, the study I'm referring to, they, it was over 70% of uh, Republicans. If I'm, let me look this up. 70% Republicans. Repub. Want to secede? Yeah, they do. Oh, here it is. Yep, 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 yep. Forty-seven percent of West Coast Dems and sixty-six percent of Southern Republicans want to secede. Good, go. What are you waiting for? Go. Don't worry, honey. We won't stop you. We won't. It would be great. 66 of 66%. That ain't Trump change. All right. Well, Trump, oh, yes. Uh, while Trump has been diminished, his, his uh, supporters continue to believe with no evidence that he won. Most prefer superstition to science. Many would apparently rather die than wear a mask or take a vaccine, and they want their kids to die too. And tens of millions believe cockamamie conspiracies. These people are not going away. The woebegone predicament is likely to get worse. Moreover, our priorities as a nation seem perilously upside down. We spend more than twice the amount for health care as any developed nation and get the crappiest health care in the world because of the medical establishment mainly um, 
and the drug companies has Washington in its pockets. And that includes Biden. Absolutely. This is why. Another thing we're going to talk about tonight is the Democrats taking Medicare off the table. Okay. This is the reality of what we're up against, but it's a reflection of the corruption and how far this country has gone into the hands of the corrupt oligarchy that don't want to give up control. And they, they will only throw a couple of crumbs when, they, when they're up against the wall, when they have exhausted every other avenue of denial. <laughs> That's for sure. So we have the worst among, we have among the worst economic disparities in the world, which are getting worse. A hollowed out middle class, money, overwhelming politics, and even Democrats unable to do anything about it. We are exiting Afghanistan, which is good. And just an aside, that's, that is good. And even though the Republicans want to turn it into another thing, another disaster, this is another thing that I hate about them. Everything is, it's, it's a disaster. I mean, they're just such, such little, um, uh, what's the word? How do you, it's like, they're just standing around waiting for the United States to fail. Cause so they can go, see, look and use that as an excuse to continue um, their murder. It's amazing, really. But um, they're shameless. Okay, so we've left Afghanistan. And part of the reason I believe that Joe Biden left, uh, um, did this, finally pulled the plug on Afghanistan, is because he saw what's coming down the road. We don't have the luxury to constantly pour money into um, an endless war. We, we don't have the luxury to continue financing a war, an endless, unwinnable war that we should never have even started, that we shouldn't have been there in the first place. And we don't have that. We, we can't focus on that and do what we need to do to compete globally with China. And that's why, you know, China Joe... If anybody's in the pockets of China, it's these filthy fascists who are weakening this country from within and doing everything that the Chinese dictators, dictator, want. They're weakening this country. They're de destroying. They're turning the American, I mean, the, this, this, the 21st century, this is not the American century. That's for sure. What a shame. When you think about in the future, what future um, citizens and historians will think of when they look back at this time, I mean, what a short period of time, a country, how old is this country? It's not even 300 years old. It's, it's nothing. It is a blink. It is a blip of time. That is... That's not even a, 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 a mark, a footnote in history. It's less than 300 years old and we're already collapsing. 
it's not going to last. I don't, I don't know. And it, it takes, see, this is where, here's the hope. It takes what we're doing. This is why we're doing a show, guys. And I'm doing, we're doing this together. I'm not just saying this. I honestly, 100% believe that down to my, to my DNA. It's the truth. There'd be no reason. I, I'm here because of you guys. We're in this together. And this is how we will win. And uh, otherwise, we're done. The reason we're in this boat is because of propaganda. We will get out of it because of the truth. The American people in general need to understand. Um, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't like democracy. You don't have to like it. It's not a given. It's just another form of government. Fine. Maybe that's not for you. You prefer a strong arm, a strong dictator daddy to save you from the people who have darker pigment. I get it. You know, I, I don't really get it, but I understand. I know that excuse, but I don't know. Um, how it just doesn't make any sense how so, whoa, oh yes uh errol thomas on the chat thank you the united states is 245 years old that's it that's nothing that is nothing that doesn't that doesn't even merit a footnote in history it's crazy so it, it makes you it breaks my heart when i think about it what will historians look back and say? What will they say when you take this 245-year experiment and you see how horribly wrong it's gone? I could tell you why it's gone wrong, and we know it. It's because of greed, lies, money. And I mean, really, it comes down to greed, uh, racism is a, is, is part of it, but it's also a tactic. So how we salvage the country, you, you don't, it doesn't happen by accident. It's like getting clean, you know, in recovery. You don't just like get clean by accident. It takes effort, determination. It, it takes willingness, uh, to do what, do what it takes to go through the uncomfortability, to, you know, not give up no matter what. But it, and it, it takes an understanding that what you're working towards is worth it. And um, we cannot have a functioning democracy if the American people are at cross purposes and don't um don't even agree what the country what what what's the purpose of of a country okay they don't even there's no, there's no common story how how are we expected to survive it's impossible you have to have a few things in common you can't just be 
a country of 320 million rugged individuals. That's not, that's not realistic. And it's not human <laughs> either. Ugh. But how we win is uh, we have to educate and inform and unapologetically reclaim democracy. Um, reclaim it from, I don't know, and then we can rebuild it. Because this isn't working. The, demo, this is not democracy, just like the author of this article said. This is not working. America, um, where, what does he say? Yeah, America is in a terminal decline. It's not a functioning democracy. Just on the fact that, let's say everything else is working and it's not, of course, but on just put, just uh, put a uh, point to the fact that people who receive fewer votes get to get to win and how how do you justify this and that's why he wrote that uh can you explain that one to cleisthenes i can't pronounce the guy's name hold on wait how do you cle i can't say it it just won't come out of my mouth cleisthenes you know what i'm saying the the um Ancient Athenian lawgiver, one of the found, what do they call him? The father of Athenian democracy. So explain that to the father of Athenian democracy. How the person who receives fewer votes gets to gets to win, and then they also get to have a a bunch of enablers who receive fewer votes. And funny enough, they're also representing. Fewer people. It's, it doesn't make any sense. And this is why we can't have nice things. The, the only way we're going to fix this country is when the majority of the American people understand the point of the country. What, why? What, why a democracy? Why? Because... Everything else sucks. And we figured out, you know what? We're trying. People have to live together. So we form a government. And you notice that all over the world, well, even the autocrats, they have to pretend that they're working for, um, for, they're working with a mandate from the people. As, as uh, farcical as that is. So, therefore, that, to me, says that human beings have a propensity towards democracy because we are wired for fairness. They, we, they've done studies on infants, infants to see if this is something that was, uh, that's, that is nature or nurture, and it is nature. Infants like things fair. <laughs> they, if you give one infant some a big pile of something and you just give a couple little pile to other infants they they recognize the indifference and uh, i mean the uh, the difference and they they don't like it so and it's uh i don't know to me that uh, i we know this 
human beings are, I mean, that's why we're progressive. <sighs> but the point is, democracy, it takes a commitment, it takes maturity, but all, we, and it takes an understanding that we have to all understand. Okay, it's like having a, a road map and you're going on a trip. If you all have different maps and you want to go in a different direction or different, or want to go to a different place, you're not going to, um, you're not going to be working on, you know, uh, the same agenda. That's what it feels like. We have half the country, less than half, because they're in the minority. We have half the country, work, they're working from a completely different, not just playbook, but reality. They're working from, I mean, this dystopian hellscape, that's for sure. All right, let me, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. What time is it? Holy smokes, time is flying. All right, to finish up this article, here we go. We still have a military budget, almost 10 times bigger than any other nation on Earth, and nearly 900 military bases girdling the globe. China, the big boogeyman, has none. China is taking over the world at, a, at amazing speed because they are strategic, not just belligerent. If you think the expensive debacle of Afghanistan and Iraq will mean any rethinking of American foreign policy or scaling down our massive military apparatus, you're going to be sorely disappointed. The forces of imperial expansion in America are robust and thriving despite the defeats of the past half century. If I were a young man, I might stay. That's what the, the author, Guy Saperstein, Why I'm Leaving America, that's, why, that's what he writes. That's why I'm saying he. If I were a young man, I might stay. But after 50-plus years of social struggle... I think I have the right to rest, take a rest and enjoy my success and have some fun with my family. America's downward slide is terminal and I don't have the energy or the influence to have a major impact. So I'm moving to France, which has a vibrant middle class, a real labor movement and 20 times less violent than America. And I say, goodbye, America. You will not be missed. And, and that's what Guy Saperstein writes. He is a, what is it? Well, his name is Guy Saperstein, and he founded a law firm in Oakland, which became the largest plaintiff's civil rights firm in America, and in the process of successfully prosecuting race, sex, and age discrimination class action lawsuits in the largest in American history. He also prosecuted false claims acts against Lockheed Missiles and Space Company and blah, blah, blah. He's got a very impressive um, resume, but whatever. I hear you. I hear you, buddy. And I found it interesting that he said that if I was 
if I were a younger man, I might stay because I'm like, if I were younger, I should, I might leave. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I feel like I'm, um, I'm too old to start somewhere new. That's how it feels. Unless, unless, uh, you know, I met somebody and fell in love. If any nice, rich, hot model type Irish lesbians are listening, I can get my Irish citizenship. Man, oh man. All right, guys, I just want to say thank you, JD, for your super chat. Money, money, money. JD writes, thank you, Jim, for your super chat. And thank you, Stephen Lee. And Stephen Lee writes, hate cells. Yep. And again, <laughs> misery loves company. Stephen Lee writes, thank you, Stephen, for two, uh, what? Three super chats. Moses handed George Washington the keys to North America. It's in the Bible. Yes, of course. Why not? Let's put it there. And Errol Thomas, thank you for your super chat. When will Republic clowns and their voters ever going to come to the realization of Biden defeating their leader, Trump, fair and square? When? I think that's like the first of never. So, yeah, okay. We have a lot of problems. And it's all, the, the system is broken. We know that. And what does that mean? They all know that that that's the um, politicians playing lip service to the income disparity and upward immobility is it's very funny, um, but it's it's basically them wanting to have their cake and eat it too. They like the system; they're benefiting from the system, so they can't really offend it too much. That's why we need money out of politics because human beings are, um, the one thing we can count on is that they are manipulatable, right? People, it's just human nature. You don't, people don't bite the hand that feeds them. So why would we build bribery right into the system? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Unless, you know, ultimately your goal is to undermine that system and destroy it. And that's what it is. That's why the Republicans on the Supreme Court, every, every case that the Republicans have taken on the Supreme Court as far for voter, for, for campaign finance in the past however many years after McCain-Feingold, remember that? Remember that? It used to be quaint Republicans and Democrats working together to limit money in politics. Oh, well, those days are over. The Republic clowns have done um, everything they can in their power to ensure that more money gets poured in because that's, that's how you kill democracy. And they don't like democracy. It is annoying it gets in the way what you gotta think about people you gotta think about regulations you gotta you know not just throw your poison 
into into our common ecosystem. You you might have to dispose of it properly. You know all these burdensome regulations and and all. But yeah, this is why that we're we're um, we're in this boat. This is why the twenty first century is will never be the American century at this point. How could it be? Hold on. Like, for example, this is disgusting from Common Dreams. As Americans demand tax reforms, analysis finds that the top 1% hold more wealth than the entire middle class. By comparison, in 1990, the top 1% held just 17% of the nation's wealth. And, um... What happened? What happened in those years? Was it just that the American worker became less less uh, worth a living wage? Is that it? Oh, God. As the bo- this is from Brett Wilkins from Common Dreams. As the bombshell Pandora Papers continue to expose the dubious details about how the world's super rich hide their fortunes and avoid paying their fair share of taxes, Bloomberg on Friday published an analysis of the Federal Reserve revealing that Americans in the top 1% now have more wealth than the entire middle class. According to Bloomberg, the middle 60% of U.S. households by income, a measure economists often use as a definition of the middle class, saw their combined assets drop 26.6% of national wealth as of June, the lowest in Federal Reserve data going back three decades. For the first time, the super-rich have a bigger share at 27%. The middle class, quote unquote, is defined here as households earning $27,000 a year to $141,000 a year annually. Well, that's a year, yeah. While the income threshold for membership in the 1% is $500,000 a year. According to data, 1.3 million U.S. households now have more wealth than nearly 80 million families. Jesus Christ. By comparison, in 1990, the top 1% held just 17% of the nation's wealth, less than half of the middle class, 36%. Since the Occupy Wall Street movement elevated the conversation about the 99% and the 1% from the lexicon of class warfare to mainstream debate, about a decade ago, the 1% now enjoy a 5% bigger slice of the wealth pie. So since we were occupying Zuccotti Park, it's gotten worse. The top 1% went from uh, you know, now own 5% of the wealth instead of... Uh... Okay, hold on, there's the music. Oh my goodness, guys... This is the end of the Progressive Voices part of the show. Thank you for hanging out and for all your support and for keeping the real liberal media going and growing. We will win as much as I get down and pessimistic. But if, if 
We support the free and fair, independent, liberal media. That's when we will win. Because we're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. I'll see you very soon. believe how fast time flies my 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 where was I hmm okay Dan Price tweeted the top 1% I'll show you where is it no, not that one. Hmm. Oh, here it is. Yes. The top 1% has long been richer than all poor people combined. Now they're richer than the entire middle class, too, on top of it. You see? So it's not just the poor. It's uh, now the so-called middle class. And the Senate is cutting services for the poor and the middle class to avoid making the 1% pay the same taxes as everyone else. You see that? And that's the point. That's the point of government. A government bought and paid for by uh, legal, absolute, <laughs> absolutely legal, absolute bribes. It's amazing. And everybody knows how disgusting that is and how un... It's not just that it's not fair. And this is part of why we do the show. To get, to get this message out. It's not about fair at this point. It's about democracy. It's patriotism. We must tax the rich, not because they're not paying their fair share, which is true, but because we need a democracy and you can't have a democracy and an oligarchy at the same time. And all you got to, you want to convince the morons that no. And, and, um, as much as the Republicans cry socialism, it's not about socialism. It's about democracy and ensuring that we have one for the next generation. And that's why taxing the rich at a high marginal rate is a patriotic imperative, and it needs to be presented like that and framed that way unapologetically. That's it. And you, that's the thing with um, Democrats, you see, because they'll they want to they they believe that um, what is it? Wait, where is where's my lower third? They believe that the American people, wait a minute, guys, sorry. Eh, that was what I was looking for. Oh, here's Tara Jr. What? Get up here. You're late. You're late, buddy. You're late. Everybody wanted to say hello, but you were late. What is that saying? All right, honey. All right, now I'm off track. 
Okay. Let's get back to work here. The middle class share of real estate equities and private businesses has also steadily declined in recent decades. While the middle class owned 44% of U.S. real estate assets in 1991, it's now down to 38%. So everything is slipping. The new analysis comes as American politicians and people debate what fair taxation feels like. I mean, uh, looks like. And that's why we, we are doing this show, because we need to get this message out. It's not about fair. It's about patriotism. We must tax the rich as a patriotic imperative to have a functioning democracy. It's part of it. It's part of it. We, I mean, I could write a whole thing out. These are the steps to save this country. It's not that hard. But... It won't be easy because of the greed and stupidity that is uh, epidemic in this country. So while Republicans and right-wing Democrats in Congress vehemently oppose raising taxes on the wealthiest individuals and corporations, most Americans, including a slim majority of self-described Republicans, back President Biden's plan to raise taxes on people earning over $400,000 a year. According to a recent survey by Data for Progress and Invest in America, the poll also found that a majority of Americans, including 47% of cons, support raising the tax rate on corporations from 21% to 28%. Wait, what was the, the corporate tax rate? Let's see. Corporate tax rate in the 50s, let's say. The U.S. corporate income tax rate is not high by historic standards. The statutory corporate rate has been gradually reduced from over 50% in the late, in the, uh, in the 1950s. Yep, there you go. I know. What's up? Why are you staring at me? But, my God. Where's the other thing I wanted to talk about? Hold on a second. I don't know, guys. We're in big, big trouble. Where are you? Where's my people? How are you guys feeling? We want to look at the chat for a second, see how everybody's doing. Good. Now bring out the cats. That's good. Stephen Lee said, I eat five. You ate five eggs? You ate five of Tara the chicken's eggs? It's a lot of eggs. Hmm. Where is this? Okay, well... Here's part of the problem. 84% of Trump voters worry about discrimination. Well, there you you go. It's not a lost cause discrimination against whites. See, in their world, they're the victims. 
they're so put upon in their world just anybody else asking or demanding a seat at the table that's uh that's just too much freedom that's too much democracy that's too much e pluribusunum that and that's the republicans really reminds me of when i was well this was years ago a friend of mine i took my friend's child to uh to the museum of natural history um i was babysitting this was years ago this she's now a grown woman this child but she uh we i took her to the museum of natural history and they had a 3d um imax movie about dinosaurs and she was very a big fan of dinosaurs but when we got to the show she got very upset and scared about the dinosaurs because the t-rex head came out of the screen and you know growled in her face and she took off the glasses and started to get very upset and said this is too 3d you know what i mean like it's too much 3d <laughs> so i was like that's okay take keep your glasses off but the point is, that's how Republicans are. That's the that's the con. It's too much. It's too democratic. When um, you know, de democracy in theory is it's fine. Oh, I don't really like that. He cat Tara Jr. just bit my hand. What's with the biting? Watch this. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why are you so abusive? Come on. All right, forget it. But um, that's the Republicans. They're like, it's too much democracy. It was fine when we only had white men voting. Now you want what? Everybody, now you want men of darker pigment and then you women. And now everybody, what? That's just too much. It's too much democracy. And um, they're living in an unreal world. 84% of Trump voters worry about discrimination against whites. New polling released today by Project Home Fire in partnership with the University of Virginia's Center for Politics found that Trump voters are animated by concerns about discrimination anti-white discrimination and the fate of christianity in america i i'm i'm out of here guys i'm sorry i gotta get out of here this is what's so tedious how many christians in america it's only christians are only like 89 percent of the population how do they stand being so put upon? American racial and ethnic politics have reached their backbreaking point, begins the report, contrasting Biden's voters' views with those of Trump's voters. On one side, Joe Biden voters see systemic racism in America as a serious problem. Donald Trump voters, on the other side, of each of these issues and by large margins they worry that discrimination against whites will increase 
The polling found that 52% of Trump voters said they strongly agreed with the statement that I worry that discrimination against whites will increase significantly in the next few years, a figure that rises to 84% when including those that, um, including the answer, somewhat agree. An even higher percentage, 61%, strongly agreed with the notion that Christianity is under attack. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is why I got to get out of here. Because it's not real. It's absolute. Where the fuck do they live? Where do I live? And where do they live? Because I got to stay away from them. I worry that discrimination against whites will increase significantly. Are you What is wrong with them? Oh, that must explain why you never got to be a billionaire, Jim Bob. Right? That must explain it. You were being discriminated against for being a whitey. Used to be being white meant something. Now it, what does it mean? You can't even get you into the Apple store with a mask without a, you gotta wear a mask. You gotta wear a mask like everybody else, just like somebody with a, whose pigment is darker, if you can believe it. 52% of Trump voters, I worry that discrimination against whites will increase significantly. A figure that rises to 84% and Christianity is under attack. How is it under attack? Meanwhile, Biden voters disagreed. On both counts, 38% of Biden voters strongly um, or somewhat agree that anti-white discrimination is a problem. And that Christianity is under attack. This is concerning, that even any percentage. 30, 38% is a pretty large percent of people who believe absolute bullshit. Further polling conducted by, by the group revealed just how tied to immigration ter- Trump voters' concerns were. Upwards of 80% strongly or somewhat agree that they were worried about paying higher taxes because of illegals using health care, welfare, and education resources. I hate them. It's always the same. Always the same attacks. Oh, God. I hope it's enough. You know what I mean, Republicans? I hope that gaping black hole that you call a, where, wherever soul should have been. I hope it's enough. All of the, the shit you put in there, all the stuff, you know, pouring more, more, more down your rapacious gullet. I hope it, I hope it makes you able to sleep at night because I look in the eyes of Donald Trump Jr., for example, and all I see are... The, I just see somebody who is damaged, you know? Really. Somebody who is sick, who wants daddy to love him, who knows how inadequate he is. 
What a fraud. They all know they're frauds. That's why they're, they're tormented. You know what I mean? They're disgusting. Just get help. Oh, well. Oh, well. The other thing I wanted to talk about, I'll bring it up because I promised it. Because I wanted to talk about the um, Democrats taking Medicare for all off the table. Russell Mokhyber from Common Dreams writes, Democrats have taken Medicare for all off the table, and it's a shame. Nobody in Congress can be counted on to stand with what the people need as opposed to caving to the demands of party leadership, warns veteran single-payer activist Amy Sheets. Democrats in Congress and their supporters inside the Beltway have taken single-payer off the table instead of pursuing Medicare for all. They are pursuing incremental improvements in Medicare, also known as Medicare for some. They're also pursuing single-payer at the state level. Longtime national single-payer advocates like Dr. Ann Sheets of Illinois, uh, of the Illinois Single-Payer Coalition feel betrayed by both efforts. How any single-payer group has any, excuse me, has any single-payer group come out against Medicare for some? There's a new group called National Single-Payer, Dr. Sheets told Corporate Crime Reporter in an interview. It's just getting started, but we understand that incremental improvements in Medicare are not going to move us closer to single-payer, and we also understand that working for state-based single-payer is not going to get us closer to national single-payer. No other national group is saying uh, no incrementalism. We've been saying that for years, and it feels like a betrayal to have major groups turn against that. We've said that for years you can't cross that chasm in two leaps. That it means you can't get single payer without completely eliminating the health insurance industry. As we were conducting the interview, we received a press release from Public Citizen proving Dr. Sheets' point. It opened with this. U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and the Senate Finance Committee Chair Ron Wyden must ensure that robust Medicare drug price negotiations and stronger Medicare dental, vision, and hearing benefits are part of the Democrats' final budget reconciliation package. And Public Citizen and nearly 80 other groups said in a letter to lawmakers today, but no mention of single payer. You see, they, they've all given up. To see these major groups saying, yes, we can move closer to a single payer by getting involved in Democrats' negotiations with health ins insurance industry to pass something or other feels like a betrayal, Dr. Sheets said. I know that they don't see it that way, but that's how some of us see it. The only group that is not going along with this is calling this out. Um, blah, 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 blah all the groups. She's talking about her own group. She's the only one calling it out. I acknowledge that the path forward is difficult, but I would say we have no choice to keep engaged. I would like to see open debates on the question of incremental improvements versus going all out for national single payer. 
I would like to see um, public debates on single payer. Okay, we've had enough of that shit, though. Debates and screen. I mean, it's it all turns out the same. We know what we need. We need universal health care. And um, the reason we won't get it, and we, we will get it eventually. Maybe I'll be dead, though. Who knows? But maybe Mark will, will be able to have health care one day. I mean, uh, guaranteed health care. But Mark, our millennial correspondent. Hold on. Shit. But the reason we don't have it and that Democrats aren't fighting because they're they're also gun shy. They understand that the Republicans own the message from sea to shining sea. The propaganda outlets will lose their minds and they're they start, um, you know, uh, railing against Medicare for all as if it's the next step to Nazism. And that's what, that's the message. You know what I mean? This is how they keep us divided and conquered. And why? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's all connected. Oh my God. I, where's this one, one last thing. It's related. Fuck. Stupid webs. Hmm. I had this thing about healthcare around the world. Anyway, it's a uh, it's very disappointing and also um, discouraging because if you can't get Medicare for all in a pandemic, when will we we get it? The more um, they talk about access to healthcare, access access to affordable care. If I ever hear that again, or what's what's the saying? If I never hear that, it'll be too soon. That's how I feel when I hear that. I think to our, I think how much, how, how full of hate and stupidity are the American people to allow this to continue? You know what I mean? To be so divided so stupidly divided that they they get away with killing us. And the American people think that this is normal. Well, what else? What else? You know, if you're in another country, I wonder what... <laughs> I don't have to wonder, but I know what they think. When they see stories here about, um, let's say people crowdsourcing their medical care. People in other countries think that's a goddamn crime against humanity. Here in the United States, we'll get a corporate media feel-good news story out of it. That's how they'll frame it. Oh, the, the people came together and... Little Janie was able to get her chemo for one week thanks to all the generous donations of, from strangers online. Because that's what we have to do. We have to, because that's freedom, right? Standing on the side of the, of the internet superhighway with a sign saying, um, I have a pre-existing condition. 
saying, I deserve to live. It's like queen for a day, except we're all contestants. You know what I mean? Nobody, I didn't sign up for this shit. I, I signed up for the, this is the greatest country that ever God ever decreed for Mount Sinai. I wish. Don't you think I, I goddamn wish that we were the greatest country? Give me an effing break. And then when I see those Trump Anzees talking about great, making America great, I think if that's if they if that's what they think great is, I don't want any part of it. That's what great looks like? A bunch of bunch of idiots? Bunch of mass calls who don't know how to behave, who violent mass calls. If only they were just merely annoying. They're violent. They're destructive. God. Where is this? Where is the article? No mention of single payer. <sighs> what do you see as the path forward? I acknowledge that the path forward is difficult. I would say we have no choice but to keep engaged. I would like to see open debates, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't want to see open debates because we've debated it enough. All I want to see, well, are people come to Tarabuster and um, when they, when we meet again, they tell two people that the, that, Medicare for all, that, that it's not just nice, it's not just fair, it's patriotism. It's e pluribus unum in action. It's pledging our life, fortune, and sacred honor to each other. It's um, being competitive with other countries. You know, we, we want to compete in the global economy. We keep hearing about this is a global economy, except when we're the, the wage slaves, right? If we're a global economy, then how are you going to compete? How is a corporation supposed to compete when they have to not only be their corporation, but they also have to run a, a health care facility? Because that's what it's like for private private companies having to run... Uh, health insurance for people it's ridiculous it's effing ridiculous it's expensive and it sucks um but the american people are like yes i want more of that it's like trump in a way it's a lie it sucks it kills people it kills you while it's lying right to your face saying i'm the greatest that's it is exactly like trump no wonder this country's so goddamn dumb. We have like the we have Trump care. That's Trump care. It's just a bunch of smoke up your ass and nothing when you need it. It's like a goddamn Trump network vitamin pill. To speak of hope in the face of despair that many people are facing as they lose their jobs. I mean, think about that. That's so stupid. In a pandemic, these morons send the American people to the unemployment rolls um, in a system where you your health insurance is tied to your job. 
in a country where you don't get a goddamn day friggin' uh, uh, off. You don't have a you don't have sick leave. You don't have vacation time. That's another the only country to suffer that bullshit too. But we're supposed to compete, right? Corporations, Republicans love corporations, but they want them to compete with corporations all over the world that don't have to run health facilities or or do anything. It's in the taxes you pay. You get sick, you go to a doctor. That's it. Imagine that. You don't have to worry. Is the doctor in network? Are they out of network? Is, is there a copay? Is there coinsurance? Is there a deductible? Is this, do I need a referral? Who's, um, uh, do you have, who's, who's in charge here? Does there's, is, are you under your plan or your spouse's plan? It's ridiculous. And everybody knows how much I hate it. I really do. I hate the for-profit health insurance racket. I hate it for its greed um, and its selfishness. I hate it for its just the how many Americans it killed. It's killed. Thir uh, now that I say 35,000 Americans, I've seen other numbers. 35 to 45. I've heard, I've seen 45,000 Americans needlessly die every year because they can't afford health care. And that's great. We're the greatest country ever. And here we are. I don't know, man. I just think, how much longer? Really, how much longer are we going to endure this? Will we take crumbs and make a, a, a five-course banquet out of it in our minds while Joe Manchin wags his finger from his yacht saying, watch for that entitlement mentality. I am so sick of it. Meanwhile, nobody has an entitlement mentality like the 1%. They have such an entitlement mentality, they think they're entitled to ride us all to the bank, unfettered, free from any regulation or any pesky other person or the community, the concerns of the community. <laughs> Please. They got to get paid, honey. A couple of dudes on the planet need, um, need billions of dollars for some reason, and we just let them do it. Because, uh, you know why? Because of propaganda. So building solidarity is the most, most important thing to do. They're talking about how do we get to single payer. We're in this together. And that's the only way we can overcome the corporate control of our lives. <clears throat> and for, for morons like these, these Trump Anzies who are all like, you're not going to control me. 
these are the same ones who are doing all that they can in their puny little powerless power to ensure that corporations can control us. Of course they're controlling us. A a private corporation is now deciding whether you can get medical care or not. Whether they're going to pay for it. Even though you, you're, you're on their policy, they're deciding whether you um, can do it or not or whether you're worth it. Maybe you're, uh, obviously, um, it's more profitable for them if you die. That's how, how these corporations get rich. They don't, these health racketeers, they don't get rich paying, paying for care. They get rich denying care. And we continue to allow that. And then we turn around and go, this is the greatest country. Well, we have the potential. You know what I mean? Because we have the blueprint. And it talks about things like e pluribus unum. And pledging your life, fortune, and sacred honor to each other to promote the general welfare. You know? So there's that's a perfectly decent blueprint for, that any progressive can really embrace. So why don't we try it? You know, because we could always go back to fascist autocracy if it doesn't work out. Oh my God! How much longer? Is there anybody in Congress who has stood up to the statutes to the status quo and demanded hearings on single payer? I don't know of anyone, but we can't depend on Congress for that. It's been it has to be organizing among the people. Lobbying Congress in your own district is a good idea to build power, but finding ways to build our power as people is much more important than dealing Um, one-on-one with people in Congress. Nobody in Congress can be counted on to stand with what the people need as opposed to caving to the demands of party leadership. There are all kinds of reasons for that. People want committee appointments. People exchange favors. You support this legislation. I'll support that legislation. The leadership will not come from the members of Congress and it can't come from organizations that think they have real power with members of Congress. That's an illusion. And the, this, what, um, this is advice from single-payer advocate, um, what's her name again? And Sheets, right? <clears throat> and she's 100% correct. It's the, the people. They, the... Um, it, it will, it's sort of like the um, Democrats taking a knee in the well of the Congress or whatever, wherever they took that knee, you know, for the photo op. They didn't do that because Nancy Pelosi had a nice idea one morning. It's because the American people were demanding action. I mean, so, of course, Democrats gave them, uh, gave them symbolism, right? Of course. But they did it because the people, the people said, we're not taking this shit. And that's what we have to do here. 
Medicare for all isn't just nice. It's a patriotic imperative, just like getting money out of politics, universal health care, higher education, leaving no one behind, because that's how we'll have a functioning democracy. We're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy, and we will win. Just keep supporting the show and getting the word out. My name is Tara Devlin. We stick together. We win. I'll see you very soon. I'm losing my voice as I, as I always do. Guys, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. I'm having a hard time talking. Can you believe it? I guess that's the way Mother Nature says, shut up. All right. You guys are great. Thank you. I, I, we're going to have as many shows as we can this week. Coming up. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Join Rockfin. You can join for free. And also, you can you can join. You can pay to join. But you can also join for free at rockfin.com and watch other shows like Lee Camp, Ron Placone, Graham Elwood, and me. What else? Uh like the show, share the show, blah, blah, blah. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin, and we will win. All right, my friends, you're the best. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, JD and Stephen Lee and Errol Thomas and everyone else. And thank you, Haiku, for being the moderator and everyone else in the chat room, Lee and Commander Bond, and Andrea, nice to see you, and Errol, and Mark, of course, our millennial correspondent. Who else is here? We're, we're, I don't want to miss anybody. Winston, nice to see you, Winston. And Slow Tree. All right, White Rabbit, nice to see you. All right, my friends, we will win. And uh, I don't know, just get out there. Start telling people about the patriotic imperative of universal health care and everything else we talk about. And, and trust me, let's start using the, these terms, patriotic imperative. It's not just nice. It's a patriotic imperative. And we'll, we will, we'll start hearing it. You mark these words right now. We start using this, you'll see it. You'll see others pick it up and then it'll become in it'll be be part of just common conversation. And that's how we have to that's how it has to go. We have to get to that point where people understand. No, it's not about um being nice and moral and fair, even though it is those things as well. It's patriotism. And that's how we have to frame it because it's the truth. All right, my friends, like I said, we will win. I got to go because I have to go get the show ready for progressive voices. You know the drill. I will do, I will try to do a show 
as many times as possible this week. And thank you, Robin. I see you, Robin. Nice to see you. <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine, Robin. All right, guys. Like I said, my name is Tara Devlin, and we stick together. We win. I'll see you very, very soon.